Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Today we're going to be opening up the word to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55. And today for the next few moments, we're going to share the word of God together. Why? Because it is the word of God that is able to build us up and give us an inheritance among the saints alike. This is what we are to do when we come together as a church. We are to corporately worship the Lord. That is one of the things that we will continue to do for, for eternity. You know, you may never get to hear me preach ever again. No one will probably ever get to hear me preach ever again once we get into eternity. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Wow. But you probably will get to hear me sing again. Yeah. Worship, worship wants preaching will stop. Preaching is what we do here on the earth that by the foolishness of preaching, God saves men. It's amazing that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes it. And that the preaching of the gospel is what we have been told to do, to go into all the world and proclaim the good news. And so a part of our proclamation is a corporate proclamation. That's what Acts 2 in verse 42 says, that they continued together in the apostles' doctrine. The church was all together in one accord with the pouring out of the Holy Spirit and those 120 in an upper room together in one accord, praying and seeking God, or whether it was at the church in Antioch, whenever they were all ministering to the Lord and the Holy Spirit spoke and said, separate Barnabas and Paul for the work whereunto I've called them. And whatever we see in, in, in that, in, 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 in those pages of the New Testament uh, that is the example God gave us as an example. It's a picture of what we in each generation should be doing as a church. Those, it, it's carrying out the Great Commission together. Together, going forward together. Whenever uh, Peter and John in Acts 4, 3 and 4 were released, they had been arrested, they were released. The Bible says they went back to the group, back to the church, back to uh, the, the fellowship. And there in that fellowship, they shared the threats of what, uh, of, of what uh, uh, you know, the current leadership told them. You can't meet and preach and teach anymore in this name. And, uh, and then the place was shaken and they were all again re-energized, refilled, re-strengthened re, re with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and God began to do miracles and wonders and signs all throughout the Word of God. There is a collective connotation that is attached to what we do in worship and what we do in the work of the Lord. And it's no different today. Uh, it is very easy if we're not watchful to be drawn into a technology world uh, in a place where we can just, you know, um, imagine that us and our phone or us and our tablet or us and our TV is enough. Us and Jesus. I mean, there are a lot of people that tell me, well, I don't really need church. When I ask them, you know, uh, you know, uh, I talk to them about Jesus, they normally go right to church. You know, <laughs> well, well, I, you know, well, I, I don't go to church, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm Okay, but in reality, that is one of the commandments and one of the things that Jesus did. If you want to be like Jesus, you will have to go to church. 
both, you know, he did it on the earth, and also that's what heaven is going to be like. If you don't like going to church, you probably won't like heaven. <laughs> because it will, there's going to be a whole lot of worship there and a whole lot of hearing the Lamb of God and, 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 and the wondrous praises and awesome, you know. And then the next heaven and the next earth, you know, once we get at least a thousand years down the road and there's a new heaven and a new earth, maybe a thousand and seven comes September 18th. By the way, I think Jesus is coming. But, um, you know, I'm not writing any books or anything. But, but you know, uh, but uh, there's every reason to believe that he's coming and coming soon. But a thousand years after the end of the great tribulation uh, during that millennial reign, we'll, 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 we'll uh, you know, encounter uh, a little different type of uh, togetherness and worship. But once we get to that new heaven and new earth, I really believe we will pick right back up with what God intended in, 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 in the book of Genesis. We catch a glimpse of in, those, in, in that time that Adam and Eve were in this very protected place where no sin was. Of course, the devil won't be there like he was in the Garden of Eden. But we will end up you know, enjoying. I, am, I have dreams in my heart. You have dreams in your heart. No doubt, dreams that will not be fulfilled in this life. The Bible tells us that even the patriarchs died with dreams in their heart, looking forward to a different day. Well, I am looking toward an earth that I can live on where I live on a mountain and there's a stream down there somewhere and there's some trees. I, I'm excited about that because I do not believe that this dream in my heart was, was, was given to me to die or be unfulfilled. I believe with all of my heart, my dreams are going to be, my hopes, my fondness, my desires are going to be fulfilled. I'll just have to work a little while to get to that place. But um, that's not what we're talking about today. Today we are talking about, well, you know, it, it, it may figure into it. But today I want to talk to you about your world view. Embracing a biblical world view. Uh, I have the opportunity a week from Friday, this coming Friday, to mentor a lot of leaders in Russia, a lot of Christian leaders. And this is what we're going to start with because we're, uh, the topic on my Russian, um, what we're doing over the internet with, with our Russian leaders is, uh, um, is discipleship. And one of the first things that we need to do as a disciple is realize that we need to embrace a biblical worldview. Now that means this, that we need to think about things like God thinks about things. We need to believe what God believes and we need to think what God thinks and we need to do what God does. We need to see things like God sees them instead of perhaps like we might, uh, you know, uh, see them, you know, we don't need a, um, you know, a, a worldly worldview. You know, we don't need a, um, a manly worldview or a feminine worldview or a cultural worldview or a democratic worldview or a Republican worldview. Or, you know, we don't need any other worldview other than God's worldview. And that's what brings us to Isaiah chapter 55. And in Isaiah chapter 55, we're going to talk about a few things as we launch from Isaiah 55. We're going to talk about uh, justification. If I didn't spell it, we're going to talk about truth and we're going to talk about thoughts and ways. Okay. Uh, these are some of the things that we will talk about as we are going through uh, the word today. So if you found Isaiah chapter 55, 
Listen to what the prophet said. Now, now Isaiah was a very uh, interesting prophet because a lot of his prophecies are, are, are really aimed at Messiah. And a lot of his prophecies are aimed at us in our time. You know, Isaiah 53, for example, the messianic, uh, messianic prophecy about, you know, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, a chastised of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Uh, so many things point to the church age and point to these days that we are living in. And uh, I, I, I believe that Isaiah was very in tune with, with, uh, with God for generations to come. And so by the Holy Spirit, we're going to pick up in verse 6. You can uh, read uh, each one of these uh, uh, thoughts in Isaiah 55, but we're going to read verses 6 through 9. Uh, uh, simply put, Isaiah said, seek the Lord while he may be found. Now, there's a great uh, messianic uh, um, church age prophecy direction because there will come a day when it will be very hard to find the Lord. You know, uh, in, in, in the great tribulation, the church and many of the witnesses that we have today will just not be present in that time. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. You know, uh, that, that, that's speaking about the forgiveness that any person who had been wicked, any person who had been unrighteous, wickedness and unrighteousness. What does that mean? That means that, that, that you're either bad or you're just wrong. So anybody that is bad, you know, I mean, and there are bad people. There are people that do bad things. There just are. If you haven't come to the realization yet, there are some people that just do bad things. I don't mean some people that that do a little, you know, little bad things. You know, I mean, I, I don't mean you know like uh, lying or cheating or stealing. I'm talking about there's some people out here that hurt other people. They are really bad people. But the Bible tells us that whether you're bad or whether you're just not right with God. You know, just an unrighteousness, somebody that, 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 that their heart and their soul is just not right with God, that, that there, there's, there's hope for if we come to the Lord, you know, he will abundantly pardon. What, what a great um, forecasting of a day when sins would be forgiven. We live in that day. We live in the day whenever, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we can be abundantly pardoned by the mercy of God. And believe me, it is all mercy. God owes us nothing. God does not owe us one thing. Okay? That is a reality. You know, and, you know, life could be just the result of how you made it. Life could be the culmination of your mistakes. But God's not going to let it be so because of his mercy, because of his grace. Even if we were bad, even if we were wicked, even if we were not right with God, even if our past were to be wrapped up in some, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, shadow and some, some ball of wickedness and idolatry, yet those who come to the Lord, they will find mercy and they will find abundant forgiveness, more than enough. Pardon. Pardon means like it never happened. It's pardoned. It's, it's, uh, wow, what a great promise. 
when we look for them. And many people today cannot imagine that. Many people uh, have absolutely no concept of Bible truth. Many people today, they just don't know the truth. You know, uh, and this is what John says, and, and, and John was writing by the Holy Spirit in the eighth chapter, verses 31 and 32. And John said this, he said, uh, uh, you know, if, if you, if you're quoting Jesus, if you abide in my word, that means continue. If you continue in my word, if you abide in my word, if you will go to my word, and if you will begin to go through my word and take, take my word off of that page and put it into your heart. If you will abide in my word, if you will live in my word, you will know the truth. You will come to the place where you will know the truth. And then he said, and that truth will set you free. But it takes us continuing. You know, people say, well, the truth sets you free. No, listen, no, it doesn't always. Sometimes truth incarcerates you. Okay. Sometimes the truth sends you to hell. Hello? Because that's the truth. But if you take his word and if you can abide in his word, then that word of almighty God, which is truth, it will all of a sudden you'll find yourself, you know, thinking like God thinks. You'll, be, you'll, you'll find yourself uh, uh, understanding how he sees it. Instead of how I say it, uh, you know, I mean, I may not want to pardon a wicked person that's hurt a lot of people. I may not want some, you know, wicked person in history to find salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. But God does. God does. I may not want my enemies to eat and be warm. God does. And I find that out. As I continued his word and as I begin to live in his word and as I put my life in his word and his word in my life, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you'll, you'll begin to ask me for the things that I want. And you will end up getting what you want. I love this. I love this concept that, that, that if I commit my way to the Lord, if I commit my life to God's word, if I commit, then, then the word of God says in Proverbs 16, 3, he causes my thoughts to be established. I begin to want what he wants. And, and, and Psalms tells us that he gives me the desire of my heart whenever I go his way. Whenever I begin to put my life in him and put him in my life, I begin, he, he begins to give me desires. He begins to create desires in my life that are his desires and he causes my thoughts to be established and then I get what I want. And isn't this about getting what we want? Sure it is, but we just need to want what God wants. You get what you want when you want what God wants. Well, continuing here, verse nine, well, uh, verse eight. For my thoughts, God says, are not your thoughts. And nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Your ways aren't my ways. Your thoughts aren't my thoughts. This is why it's so important that we embrace a biblical worldview that we begin to think because God says, you don't think like I think and you don't do what I would do. We cannot depend on you thinking like you and you ended up like me. You're going to have to begin to think my thoughts and we can't begin to think his thoughts until we know what he thinks. 
That's why we need to study to show ourselves approved. But what many people do is, is, is they have their own worldview. They have their own idea of truth. They have their own idea of, 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 of justice. They have their own idea of how to get from where they are to a better place. They have their own idea of how the world should operate. Now, maybe they got this from their grandmother. Maybe they got this from their collective friendship. Maybe they got this from philosophy or from Buddha or from Confucius. Maybe they got this because they sit around and just imagine themselves to be the wisest person in the world. But wherever they got their idea of how the world should be, wherever they got their idea of how to make things better, if it did not come from the word of Almighty God, if it in some way stands against it or, 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 or does not, I mean, if their view of how to make the world better is to just destroy all their enemies, then they're wrong. Hate your enemy. You're wrong. And being wrong isn't going to fix it. But many people hold their own truth. They have their own ideas. And that's what he says here. You know, your thoughts, don't think that you're thinking like I'm thinking. Don't think that you're doing things that please me. Don't imagine that. What you have to do is go to your word, go to the word, and then you'll find truth in the word. Because if we're not watchful, we will justify what we think because we're good. I mean, realistically. I'm not talking about just justifying stealing or cheating, although I have heard that, you know, a justification for rioting and looting has been going on. I mean, you don't have to watch, uh, you know, very many reports or interviews until you find somebody saying, well, it's okay. It, I mean, what we're doing is okay. No, what you're doing is not okay. You can't justify this. You can't justify shooting somebody. You can't justify killing somebody. You can't justify, you know, uh, uh, brutality. You can't justify that. It's, it's, it's non-justifiable. It's not the truth. It may be how you feel. It may be how you raise. It may be that you're afraid of the truth. That you think that, that if somehow you step over into truth, you're going to lose your shield and lose your guard and lose your place. You know, I'll be more vulnerable if I, if I, if, if I step into the truth. Yes, you will be. But you'll be covered by an almighty God. And you will be in the truth, you know, uh, thoughts and ways. Jesus said, or, or, or God, God said there through the prophet Isaiah, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And, uh, and, 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 you know, you don't think like me and your ways aren't my ways, says the Lord. He says in verse nine, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Now I'm just going to take it from, uh, um, from Isaiah speaking there by the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to decide that he is right. Okay? Because we go to the Word and we realize when we go to the Word that God's ways are so much better than our ways. How do we embrace and develop a biblical worldview? Well, first we have to know what God's word says. Because anything less than a biblical worldview is a worldly worldview. 
and a worldly worldview can never be justified. Doesn't mean that we won't, you know, it doesn't mean that we might like what God thinks or what God does. I'm not telling you that I have, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm human like you are. Not everything that God has done or allowed have I been happy with. I mean, just read throughout the book. You'll find people saying, it looks like the wicked are prospering. What's going on here? What good is it that I serve the Lord? I mean, how many times did, did you know, uh, did, 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 you know the, the prophets ask that question? God told the prophet Malachi, hold on a second, I'm not finished yet. You just wait. Because whenever it's all over, you will see. I mean... Did Peter like the fact that any of the disciples except Judas, perhaps, like the fact that Jesus went to the cross? No. Because they didn't see the full picture. They didn't understand. And we don't either. We don't see the whole thing. We don't see. God sees the, the end from the beginning. We don't see the whole thing. And therefore, we are left with a whole lot of disappointments and a whole lot of, 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 of bewilderments and a whole lot of, of you know, wishing that, and wondering. And, and, and many times we walk around wondering, are we really in the will of God? I mean, is God, I mean, you know, uh, is God among us? It's, it's not you know, just one time that that's been asked. Well, yes, he is. Why? Because his word is truth. John 17, 17, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Justification. There is only one thing that justifies. You know, many times people have a worldview that does not line up with God's word. And they justify it because of some reason, because of some feeling, because of some, you know, you know. Well, yeah, I did, but let me tell you why. Well, it, it's okay because. And people tend to justify, but there's only one thing that justifies. In Romans, the fifth chapter and, and verse nine, the Bible says, much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. You see, we are only justified by the blood of Christ. The blood of Jesus is the only thing that justifies. Let me put it like this. We are justified from sin there is no justification for sin and this is what having a worldly worldview you'll end up justifying your own sin You cannot justify your own sin. There is no justification for sin. There is justification from sin. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through which when you pass, you are cleansed 
from sin. You are not cleansed to sin. And this is all wrapped up in making sure that you have a biblical world view. So our challenge today, as we continue to march through us, through America and a world at war with God and at war with one another, as we are looking forward to an election time that's going to bring great disappointment to whichever way it goes, there's going to be trouble. There will be trouble. You know, uh, I don't think there won't be. Any preacher that's preaching today and telling you that everything's going to be okay is either looking to eternity like I am, and I'll say that a whole bunch of times. Yes, it will. I say that to myself. But anybody that tells you that we're not headed for some trouble and that we don't need to hold on to Jesus closer and preach the gospel more and share the goodness of God more is, 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 you know, they're preaching falsehood. You know, it's important that we embrace a biblical worldview and that we not justify sin. Only the blood of Jesus can justify sin. And he justifies us from sin, not justifies us to sin. There is no justification for murder. There is no justification for prejudice. There is no justification for brutality. There is no justification for rioting. There is no justification for looting. There is no justification for dividing our nation. There is no justification for slandering and vilifying. There is no justification for that. There is no justification for sin. There's only justification from sin. But that takes repentance. And without regret, there will be no repentance. And without repentance, there will be no change. And we will begin to think like Jesus when we you know, soak ourselves in the word of God. Thoughts and ways. Father, let's... Let's, Father, help a world in some way. Use us, Lord, to help our world in some way understand that their thoughts are not your thoughts and their ways are not your ways. There's no justification for sin. We must turn and repent. We must continue in your word so that we can know what you think and stop justifying sin. There's no justification for it, only from it, and it's through the blood of your son, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to be able to be a light so that truth can shine in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.